the basic matter of time, of space, of matter of existence. We're going to talk about it on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Welcome friends, my name is Justin Kim and you're watching and you're listening to Inverse. And in the studio with us we have Israel and Jonathan and Callie and you. And we're so happy that you decided to join us. We are looking at the topic of reflections on the Sabbath. And in the last weeks or so, we've been looking at not the doctrine of the Sabbath or the teaching of the Sabbath, but the experience of the Sabbath. We know many of you are Sabbath keepers or Seventh-day keepers, and you have many some trials or tribulations concerning the Sabbath. Maybe you don't study, or maybe you have some family issues. And rather than looking at the dynamics and mechanics of the, the superficial, we are looking at the deeper elements that connect us to the Lord and to uh, His will for us. So we're going to open our Bibles, we're going to go to Psalms chapter 33, we're going to have a word of prayer, we're going to talk, we're going to hang out, and we're going to study together. We're really excited that you are here with us. Let's go to Psalms 33, chapter, chapter 33, verse 6 <laughs> through 9, and uh, Jonathan, yes. please pray for us. I will, <laughs> let's pray. Uh, Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to talk about the Sabbath and to dive really deep into your word. and. Uh, into what the Sabbath means for us. Lord, I pray that you'll bless this time and that you will speak to us uh, in a special way and to everyone who's uh, participating in this conversation and listening in. We just thank you so much for what you've already blessed us with and what you're about to teach us. We praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Callie, verse 6 through 9, please. Yes, Psalm 33, 6. Mm -hmm. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Amen, amen. Israel, what are some things that, uh, we've been talking about different things about the Sabbath and um, um, most things that, that we are all pretty familiar with what something something what is an element that you have personally identified with and maybe has you've forgotten about and has rekindled probably the most uh significant thing during our study um this quarter on mm -hmm. on the sabbath is being reminded of the goodness of god in giving mm -hmm. us the sabbath mm -hmm. and a reminder that the Sabbath is a time where we can reflect on His goodness and not think about it as like a specific requirement, but it's something that God has given to us in order for us to fulfill a happy life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if you haven't caught those episodes, we want to encourage you to go to hopetv.org slash inverse, and you can look at all the, we've been on air for about five, six years now, and look at all the topics that we've looked at, but especially last uh, seven weeks on the topic of the Sabbath, on reflections on the Sabbath. And you can see, I think it's episode two that you're referencing about um, what you just talked about. Uh, let's go to <laughs> Psalms 33, <laughs> verses six, 6 through 9. Um, it's one of my favorite passages yes. uh, of, of Psalms. What, what's it talking about? What's it talking about? What does it have to do mm. with, with Sabbath? Jonathan. Well, first of all, what the Scripture describes mm. is the power of the Word of God. And we're not just talking about here the Bible itself, so, but the, the, the direct Word of God. Mm. When He speaks, 
God, God is the source of reality. So when God speaks, He speaks reality in, into existence. Mm -hmm. And the power of His Word is that within His Word is the, the power to create things out of nothing. Mm -hmm. And so here the psalmist in poetic form is telling us, you know, by the word of the Lord, verse 6, the heavens were made, all the host of them uh, by the breath of His mouth. You know, He, he creates by speaking. Mm -hmm. and, and that is, you know, of course, we know Sabbath connects with creation. Um, is something to, to keep in mind as we reflect on the Sabbath. But here the scripture particularly is pointing out the power of the Word of God. Mm -hmm. And we, we say that very easily, but just think about what that means. God doesn't need to, you know, put, make, make a soup, you know, let me put a little of this, a little of that, mix it all together, and then whoosh, here it is. He speaks out of nothing, it's there, mm -hmm. right? That power is above everything else. And because God is good, He's willing you to use that power not for Himself, but for others and for us. Mm -hmm. uh, that's mm -hmm. really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in my imagination, and maybe this, this is true, surreal, but I just think of like all the, the subatomic particles out there yeah. that are made of quarks, and then those quarks are made out of, you know, whatever. And we, you know, uh, quantum physics, I was always trying to discover what's the most, mm. you know, the smallest, you know, we're trying to zoom in and zoom in, zoom in. And the current theory is string theory, where the, the, the fabric of the universe are these vibrating, uh, like, strings all around. And they're, they're, they all have different frequencies. And it's, to me, that sounds like a musical instrument. It sounds like yeah. voice or sound, right? And mm. it's just cool that God created and God wow. says, let there be a planet. It's <laughs> <laughs> a planet. And like everything is 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 created, and later on in Hebrews chapter one, it says also kept up or up up mm -hmm. up kept okay. or um, maintained. Uh, maintained by God's word. So it's not only He creates, but it continues to exist. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if that's true, or I don't know if there, but there there is a an overlap between quantum physics and and Psalms thirty three. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> Who would have thought? Very yeah. cool, <laughs> Kelly. Oh, no, okay, you're, yeah. you're okay. No. Ezra, Ezra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that <right>. one. <laughs> um, there's, there's, so, there's something that really struck me about this passage. Hmm. Um, first of all, when we think about just the awesomeness of the, of the creative power of God's Word, as Jonathan was just saying right now, it's crazy that God's Word is able to speak things into existence mm -hmm. that were not previously there. Mm -hmm. But I think it goes even deeper than that, because mm -hmm. as much as God is able to create something that is physical, it goes even beyond his ability to create something physical and he's able to create reality itself. Yes. Now, what's crazy about this is that God's word is more real than reality. Hmm. You know, I mean, that's the whole that's the whole point of the fact that he spoke uh, something that was as though or something that was not as though it was. Right. Mm -hmm. So that that passage there in Scripture in Hebrews chapter 11 is simply saying that God's word is more real than reality because he speaks things that that are not as though they are, and then they become. Mm -hmm. Why is this significant? This is significant because it, it boils down to Psalm uh, 33. It's talking about creation, creation, creation. God is making, God is creating reality. And then the final mm -hmm. thing that he does in the creation of reality, he creates mountains, he creates streams, he creates fish, he creates animals. He creates reality itself, light. And then he creates holiness, right? So it says, finally, at the end of all creation, he makes the Sabbath and he instills within the yeah. Sabbath this value of holiness. Mm. Now, there's something critical about the fact that God can create holiness. He gives, uh, he gives holiness to the Sabbath. He, it says, you know, at the end of all this, it says, and God blessed the Sabbath day and sanctified it or made it holy. He, he, he instills in this day holiness. 
You fast forward that to, uh, to I was going to say Revelation. You fast forward <laughs> that to uh, Exodus. Mm -hmm. And then it says that we are to keep the Sabbath holy. Yeah. If you think about this, it's a beautiful thing that the God of the universe seeks partnership with us in, in, in creating this reality of holiness. He doesn't need us to make the Sabbath holy, but he invites us to partake in helping God with his, mm -hmm. you know, Godness, if you can say that. Mm -hmm. So at the end of all of this, God is able to, to instill holiness into his day. And why is this important in the plan of salvation? Mm -hmm. So many times we worry about holiness in our lives. And, and if you're like me, you think to yourself, one of my biggest challenges in the Christian experience is, how is God ever going to make me holy? Like he could give me a million years for me to overcome my evil tendencies and desires and all of this. And even in a million years, I could not be holy. Mm -hmm. And the creation, the word of God, the power of God's word reminds us that God speaks into existence the reality of mm -hmm. holiness where it previously does not exist. Mm -hmm. And so Sabbath continues to be a reminder of the power that God has to make me holy mm -hmm. just by his word. Mm -hmm. wow. Uh, a lot of people think, hey, religion is not for me. I'm not a good person. I'm not a holy person, so mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not getting into the religious stuff. But stuff that, that's the irony, because what you're saying <laughs> is it's meant for people of which there is nothing to begin with, and God creates that in you, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. At least in, in, in a Christian yeah. worldview. Yeah. Uh, amen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I mean, those are... Like there aren't any, there aren't any people who are good by themselves. There's just people who are more self-aware than others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's it. That's all I was going to say. Uh, amen. Amen. I like that. Yeah. The scripture and kind of bouncing off of what Israel was saying here, you know, you, it talks about the, the reality of the word of God being so powerful. And, but then in verse eight and nine, it becomes, especially verse eight, it becomes personal. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Mm -hmm. uh, this is not just, you know, uh, you know, be respectful of God, but yeah, that's the fear part. But then the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. Mm -hmm. That is that is like wow! Like you're amazing, God. You have that power because you have that power, and because I know you are good, you can do what Israel just said. You can recreate the thing that you can create, recreate me. Mm -hmm. Because in a million years, I could never become holy. You mm -hmm. have to do that work in me through the power of your word. Mm -hmm. So this scripture is deeply encouraging. And this is why I'm a creationist. This is why I believe in creation, because only if God is the creator can I have hope for that transformation in my heart. Mm -hmm. Exactly. If he doesn't have that power, if we just kind of happened, uh, then I mean, then he doesn't really exist and he's not really a God who has the power. If he doesn't have creation power, he's not going to be able to transform my heart. I cannot transform it, certainly. So, mm -hmm. but because he is creator, I experience it on a daily level and celebrate it on the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, well, while you were talking, I was thinking of, I mean, that's really the basis for the Ten Commandments, isn't yeah. it? The Ten Commandments is such a wrong word. It's not Ten Commandments, but Ten promises. promises is a better word. So when even God says that thou shalt not kill, he's not looking down with a long beard and a, and a lightning stab and like, don't kill, ah, oh, you killed again. Ah, yeah. oh, I'm so angry. He's saying with his word, let there be light. And there was light you shall not kill and something happens in us where we don't kill right. right and then jesus takes that the next step one step further in matthew 5 in the sermon on the mount mm -hmm. and says and that's not about killing it's like even if you thought about killing or hating someone in your in your brain mm -hmm. you're you've already killed so it's something that i may with my own strength not kill callie right mm -hmm. oh that's super easy to do but oh man i gotta love her and i gotta like mm -hmm. not hate her i mean that's mm -hmm. that's really hard to do yeah. 
And so we rely on God's power to say, hey, you shall love. And, and, and through, through my will and through sanctification process, that, that happens. Sometimes instantaneously. Sometimes it's a work of a lifetime to love someone like that. And sometimes only by faith. Sometimes only by faith. That's true. That's me meaning that the reality that we feel and experience is different from the reality of God's right. Word. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Kelly. Yeah. I was going to say also, sometimes we kind of... Lovely. lovely Kelly. <laughs> yeah. We love you, Kelly. It's easy. <laughs> Thanks. It's instantaneous. I love you. <laughs> Does not need eternity. I love you too. Usually. <laughs> 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 or disclaimer, serious statement. Anyways, so what I think is also important to remember in this context is sometimes we take... Well, Kelly, hold that thought. We don't have to wait eternity for that. We have to take a break here. But when we come back, we'll hear what Kelly has to say. This is Inverse. I'm Justin. Stay with us. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us. We'll go back to Kelly. Hi again. Hey. <laughs> so there's, we're kind of talking about the different ways that we relate to what God says about mm -hmm. us. We're saying there's one path where like we believe him, like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, we believe what God says. Another path where we don't believe him. Mm -hmm. And I think there's probably other paths too, but there's especially another one where we like believe him, but with stipulations he hasn't given. So we say, yes, of course, Jesus will help me overcome that. Yes, of course, Jesus will forgive me. But later, way, 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 way later, like there's no way this can be my current experience. So you're saying we put these stipulations we there? We put, like the God, humans. Oh, God we, does we, not. We do. oh, They're mm. not biblical mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is we say, okay, God says, right, that he, he's reconciled me to him with Jesus. He said that. But I don't. Well, that'll happen later. But I don't feel it, uh, mm, so I have yeah. to somehow do theological gymnastics to make it true. Mm, yeah. So maybe it's later because I don't feel it, so it's probably not true right now. That's mm, why. Mm. So, so I still believe him, but like it'll happen later. <laughs> but it's like no, through Jesus, you are reconciled to God this very second, mm, irrelevant mm, of your feelings. Mm. And Jesus forgives you when you confess your sins immediately, not after a 30-day timeout. Mm -hmm. Like those things happen immediately, even when your emotions haven't caught up. Mm -hmm. And so this, like this Christian or this like fake holy way where we believe him is we believe him, but later. We believe him, but like it's not true right now. Yeah. And that is unbiblical. It's a, it's a theistic evolutionary perspective on God's, yeah? <laughs> it like is. God exists, evolution exists, but God just uses time and eventually the mountains became in the, the, yeah. the, the dinosaurs, whatever. If eventually, I will love Cali in a right. thousand million years, but it won't happen now. Kind of yeah. Thing. yeah, and the difficulty is there are things that take time, like mm -hmm. sanctification. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't sound like a wrong thing because mm -hmm. we're like, yeah, of course it takes sure, time. Sure. But God's truth doesn't take time. Mm -hmm. It taking effect in our lives takes time. Mm -hmm. But who, how God relates to us, how God sees us, us being covered by the blood of Jesus, those are not progressive things. Mm -hmm. They happen as soon as we accept Christ. Mm -hmm. And so I think we need to be careful when we're living out this experience is take God's word as his word. Yes. Mm -hmm. When he said, let there be light, there was light. Mm -hmm. And so most of what God does happens immediately. Mm -hmm. And we need to accept that even when we can't feel it and even we're like, our experience confuses me. Mm -hmm. We say like, Father, please explain this to me by your Holy Spirit. I mm -hmm. wanna see how it applies right now. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I would say there's a lot of things that, 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 that every time God's word is spoken, it, it, it happens immediately, yeah. instantaneously, punctiliarly, but they, some do need their way to work themselves out in human history, right? Yeah. And that's a difference. There's a difference between right, those two. Right, exactly. Um, I think it's a wonderful segment to go, for us to go to 2 Kings chapter 5. Um, there, the nature of God's word is such that when he speak, it, it, it's, it's, it defines reality. Mm -hmm. yeah. And there are some instances where he defines reality, reality and it's kind of weird why he did <laughs> it that way. But it's almost he did it that way so that he, we would obey. There, there are these very specific things, the steps for us to take. Let's go to uh, 2 Kings chapter 5, 2 Kings chapter 5. And uh, many of us may be familiar with this story uh, due to Uncle Arthur's bedtime stories and the Bible stories or whatnot. Um, and, but let's, let's, let's read it, yeah? And let's see, where can we pick up here? Let's start from verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 1. And Kelly, can you read from verse 5 to 5? Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus said the girl who was from the land of Israel. Then the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. All right, and we'll fast forward to all the way to verse 9 there. And Jonathan, read verse 9 for us. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. Continue. Mm -hmm. And Elisha <laughs> sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. And verse 11. But Naaman, thank you. But Naaman <laughs> became furious and went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, He will surely come out to me and stand and call in the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Are not the Abana and the far part, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage. Okay, we'll stop there. And uh, what's going on in this story, Israel? Kind of give us a... Yeah, so uh, Naaman, Naaman is a captain of the, of the king of Syria. Mm -hmm. He leads the armies. He's a great man in the eyes of his master. But the problem that he's got, despite all of these different accolades, is the guy is sick. He's got leprosy. He's mm -hmm. going to die. Mm -hmm. There's a, his, his wife has a servant that is from the captives of Israel. And this little girl, this little maid, tells uh, Naaman's wife, I wish that Naaman could go and see the prophet that is in uh, Israel, Elisha is his name, mm -hmm. because he would heal him. And so the king values Naaman, writes a letter. He says, go, he sends a, a very expensive gift to the king of Israel. And uh, he, Naaman comes to Elisha's house. Elisha doesn't even come out, but sends a servant. Mm -hmm. He says, go wash in the river Jordan seven times. You're going to be healed. Uh, Naaman gets very, very upset. First, well, th th those two things is, is what where we, where we should, I think we should slow down. He says, "Go wash in the River Jordan." That's the first condition. Second, wash seven times. Yeah. <laughs> really weird to do that, right? Yeah. And this is this is I think Naaman was also struggling. This is a weird thing. Why doesn't he just wave his hand and just uh, heal me? Why why the Jordan? Aren't the rivers what is it? Far part, and then what's the other one? Abana. Uh, Abana. Yeah. Aren't they cleaner? And he was just kind of you know and just disgusted with the muddy, muddy Jordan. Mm. Why these two conditions? Why, and, and, and what does this reveal about God's 
God's word being defining of reality. Mm -hmm. So disclaimer, I don't know why God did that. Mm. Here's what I think. Mm. <laughs> so one is he is in a very high position Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he's very respected. He's used to getting his way. He's used to having people listen. And it's if I were him, mm-hmm. I'd be probably pretty prideful mm-hmm. <laughs> because I got a lot going on. Mm. And to be told to submerge yourself in disgusting water, that's a very humble act. Mm. And it requires a lot of faith and trust in somebody you have very little experience with. Mm-hmm. And so I think one thing is it's appealing to a characteristic that he needs to develop. Mm-hmm. Another is there's seven times and that requires patience and persistence in the face of nothing is happening. Mm. Like it's you, if, if it was like kind of fading on the first one, then you'd be like, oh, cool, I'll keep going. Second mm-hmm. one, all right, even better, third one. But there's no evidence that happened. Mm-hmm. It's at the seventh time you went, so from six, you were the same. You're just in gross water. Mm. To seven, you are now completely healed. Mm-hmm. And that in and of itself can only be a miracle. Mm-hmm. That is supernatural. Mm-hmm. And so you had to obey and then God gave you, a, you didn't earn the miracle. There's nothing magical or healing. Like if anything, mm-hmm. this water is gross. Mm-hmm. Like there's no actual value or what's the word? I'm like, merit, mm-hmm. like in that. Mm-hmm. So God is asking you to do something that cannot do it itself, mm-hmm. but then he will give you that miracle in the experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know it's interesting. Um, I love this story. The, mm-hmm. the whole chapter is just amazing. Uh, so much to learn. But uh, I think that uh, God is interested in, in. He's a great teacher, mm-hmm. and so yes. he 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 through the process of this experience, as odd as it might be at first, uh, he's trying to teach Naaman. You know, to the little seed of faith that he had when he believed the girl mm-hmm. to go there to grow that a little more. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the one hand, on the other hand, I think um, also Elisha didn't want Naaman to think that Elisha did this, but that mm. the God of Israel yeah. did this. Yeah, yeah. So there was no other person involved. Yes. It was really just <laughs> him and, water. you know, yes. God, <laughs> the God of Israel who doesn't have statues, who is invisible. Um, and number one, God has every right to, to put together whatever process he wants to without question, because he is God, he, he has the right to do that. Mm-hmm. But God is not... Um, Arbitrary. Uh, he, he, he's not, he, he has a purpose. Mm-hmm. So that's the cool thing about God. Even though we don't always understand the process, there is a purpose to it. Mm-hmm. Um, even when you look at Job, Job actually never got the full story of what happened to him, right? Mm-hmm. There was a process that was taking place, but Job trusted through the process. And not until heaven will he fully understand what took place. But uh, here we see this play out in this story, and I think we can learn so much about uh about faith here, that it, it requires to, to trust, mm-hmm. even when we don't understand, as has been mentioned, and to understand that it is a process and that there is a point to it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Naaman learned that and then later on, of course, gave glory to God and mm-hmm. was converted. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. just a really, it's a beautiful story yeah. uh, of yeah, faith. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I, I saw it with, with Callie, like, I don't know why d- God did that. That's just really weird. And I think that's the point, that it is weird. Yes that God has molded reality such that you need to implicitly trust my word, (laughs) not that the instructions in themselves have merit, but it's the weirdness of the uniqueness of my word that is the, that has merit. Mm -hmm. And that he, and then here Naaman's response was, aren't Abna and the farmer, aren't they much cleaner than Jordan? Mm -hmm. Meaning because they're cleaner, 
the cleaner water has more effectiveness to cleanse me of my, my leprosy. Mm -hmm. Why this? And so God's just using, well, I'm just going to use, you know, peanut butter and jelly, and you do it a random number of, of times. Yeah. That random number obviously has some, some significance with the number seven, but there is implicit, I need to trust the reality of this God and how he controls the, the matter around him exactly. rather than my own. Israel. Yeah, I think we many times many times we we impose on God our own personality, right? And just mm. because we would make someone do something foolish in order to teach them a lesson, I don't think God works that way. We don't know why God said seven times. We don't know if there's a magic formula into that or not. I think what does emerge in the story is this that when we have the tendency to look at reality or our experience from beginning to end. He started off as a leper, he ended as a healed person. And something miraculously happened as um, as Kelly already said from the sixth time to the seventh time but we forget that even though really the, the the most important and critical part of the experience was the seventh dip into the water which is by this time super duper muddy that process along the way gave him more than just what he was looking for which was just healing from his skin and so many times in our experience, when we're praying for something, mm. we're happy that God has answered that prayer. God, I need food. And then the food is given to us. We forget that God not only answered that request, but he went above and beyond that request mm -hmm. in that he changed us in our very core being by giving us the experience of mm -hmm. waiting for that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so in a way, sanctification is something that we when we when we consider it from beginning to end, we look at it as a long process. But in reality, that work of sanctification is like dipping over and over and over in the water. We are experiencing something that is far greater than even our expectation of sanctification, which is the elimination of sin. There's something far greater that God is giving us throughout that process. And I think mm. it's something that speaks to, again here, the love of God that he gives us beyond what we can ask or think of. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We've got a minute on, and then we're going to Kelly. <laughs> Just want to say that Though we don't know the reasons here, I believe that God always gives a customized curriculum mm. to his children. Mm -hmm. Maybe he has something about dirty water. Maybe that's a thing for mm. Naaman, right? We don't know. But the point is that even as God teaches us individual lessons of faith, we don't have to think like, oh, we have to look for sevens. We have to look for dirty water. Right. Maybe going to the place of pure water would be a test of faith for us. Mm -hmm. And so God doesn't have a formula where it's all these different steps. This is how mm -hmm. he always grows faith. It's a relationship. He sees our hearts and our minds. And he's like, this is the best way to teach my child this. Mm -hmm. And it's always with love. And we'll be able to see it much clearer in the kingdom. Can't say it better than that. That's experiencing the word. And as weird as it may be, whether to dip in seven times or keeping the seventh day, it's about experiencing God's word through our obedience. That is our daily prayer for ourselves. And hopefully that's your prayer out there. Thanks for joining us. We want to see you next week as we continue studying our topic on Reflections on the Sabbath. We want to say thank you for your support. God bless you. Until next week. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, 
Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.